Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Final hour of hours on a buck-off Thursday. We'll hand the baton to light the tower coming up with Craig and Jeff and the crew. Of course, uh, good to hear Coach Sark on with the light the tower guys yesterday. I was driving home, and there's Coach Sark calling in. So uh, that was good stuff on the heels of our conversation with Moro Ojimo yesterday and uh, Nick Shuley and the crew. So good stuff. I appreciate uh, Chris Bender. Actually, I don't. CB on Twitter has uh, sent me the and sent us the highlight of the night Buddy Ryan slugged Kevin Gilbride in the side of the head. Loose ball. And he just it reminds you, that was the, like, the most soul-crushing season ever as a fan of the Houston Oilers. It really was. I know everybody talks about the Buffalo Bills collapse the year previous, but this was the year that they hired Buddy Ryan because the defense fell apart against Buffalo, right, in the, in the playoffs the year before and couldn't hold a 31-3 or 34-3 lead. So they fired Jim Eddy and they hired Buddy Ryan who had been unbelievable, right, with the Bears and the Eagles as a head coach. And it was just a defensive guru. And th- that Oilers team started the year 1-4. and four, And it looked like the wheels were going to come off. And they won 11 in a row. They had like 10 pro bowlers with Warren Moon and the receivers and all those dudes. The defense was unbelievable with Buddy Ryan. And they made the playoffs. And they got up 10 nothing on Joe Montana and the Chiefs, Buck. Joe Montana. And as the old story goes, apparently at halftime, Joe Montana told Paul Hackett, the offensive coordinator, to shove it. I'm calling plays. And he took over, and he threw three second-half touchdown passes, and they beat him 28-10. to That was the year I felt like the, the Oilers were going to the Super Bowl because uh, that was their best team, offense and defense. They had Warren Moon in the offense. They had Buddy Ryan running the defense. And that dang, dang old Joe Montana. Hey, Gilbert, I never Sat. got a chance to get a punch back. Somebody grabbed his arm. You need to punch him. that old fool the way, in that the was, head. And that was the last game of the regular season. That was the that was in January. That was before the playoffs. And then then they had the week off. And then they went in and lost to Joe Montana. Which one of the Cash brothers did Joe Montana throw that touchdown pass to? I think it was Kerry Cash, tight end on the little bootleg. He threw that ball right at uh, Buddy Ryan's face. On the, <laughs> there was a big like somebody had hung a banner of Buddy Ryan, and he threw it right in his face. Yeah, that that was a crushing, crushing loss. I really, I that was the year I thought that the Oilers were going to play the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. It really did. Nineteen ninety three. Thank you, CB, for reminding me of that. Brutal, brutal. And then they were off to Tennessee not long oh, after that. They were gone. She's Louise. Said, said that. Oh, Rodney Rodriguez, our friend, texted and said the Houston ninety three documentary on Net on NFL Network is amazing. I don't need to watch that. I think I did. It's just it's too soul crushing. <laughs> too soul crushing, and now I'm going to be crushed in in two weeks when the Texans don't take a quarterback with the number two pick. 
What if the what if what if the uh, if they take a defensive player, if that player becomes a you know just a Hall of Famer, just ends up being that guy. I mean, that's hard. Well, the, the he can't just be a, another player. He can't be just a good player. He needs to be a great player. He needs to be a great player, which I think Will Anderson has a chance to be. But I'd also say this that the bigger issue will be of what if, if Bryce Young becomes a Hall of Famer. I mean, you coughed up the opportunity to draft the Hall of Famer when you didn't do your job and cl- close out the the tank job. And if he goes to Carolina and becomes Bryce Young, remember one guy will be great, one guy will be okay, and one guy will be a bust. Out of all those, that's right. When those three come up, which is exactly what I said the morning after they won and beat the Colts in the final game of the year, you now lost control of that, and you could get it wrong, but you now don't control it, and it looks like the worst fears are going to come to roost here. That they, everybody who has visited with Bryce Young, everybody that has evaluated these quarterbacks, have all come to the conclusion that Bryce Young is the most likely to be really good. And he's got the it factor. His only knock is size. Uh, but and now the Texans don't aren't planning to take. And look, they, they're not going to get a chance to take him because Carolina is. And now they have to decide. You know, this, the C.J. Stroud thing, which again, there's more negative stuff coming out on him. There's reports he's uncoachable, which I don't really buy. But either way, uh, I did think about this with the Texans yesterday. But what if they what if they did take the quarterback? And what if they took Bijan Robinson with the twelfth pick? You know, a lot of people are mocking Bijan to the Eagles, but if mm-hmm. you're the Houston, if you're the Houston Texans and you're Cal McNair and you're trying to reinvigorate your fan base, they screwed this up back in '06 uh, when they didn't draft Vince Young. Um, you know, when they took Mario Williams, whether that worked out or not, it would have invigorated your young franchise at the time. It would have been a huge boon for the franchise. Well, um, you'll have two nice running backs. Yeah. Well, the other the only reason I would say the Texans because most people mock them with a pass rusher or a receiver. And because they have Damian Pierce, who will be the second year back out of Florida, who they like a lot. But the often remember, this is a brand new coaching staff. This is a brand new coaching staff. This is all uh, D'Amico Ryan's. He brought in the offensive, the, the passing game coordinator from, from San Francisco. And that passing game coordinator understood how important Christian McCaffrey was when he came to that offense. Remember how great it became? And Christian McCaffrey was such a weapon. Well, a lot of people believe you can use B. John Robinson a lot like Christian McCaffrey in your offense. So maybe not a receiver, but as we've said it with Bijan over and over, just take the best player. Just take the best player who yeah, you can Yeah, the best impact. player is going to be the next quarterback. That's who the best player will be. If they take the other that one... I'm talking about take... a 12. Remember, they have two and 12. I'm, yeah. not, thinking, I'm not saying Bijan at two. I'm saying Bijan with their second first-round pick. Yeah, now that's fine. Right, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, because if you're looking for offensive punch... Um, you know, they also have the 33rd pick of the draft, which you probably could get a wide receiver or a, another you know, piece, but they need a lot uh, same time. Yeah, I just don't see – I just can't see this group. E. There, there's not that much separation between those two quarterbacks. I don't mm. believe – I know they're, they're trying to find reasons not to take C.J. Stroud, but I, you, I just – I mean – I know you keep saying that, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I don't think the Texans agree with you. That's the difference. And they, they're the ones with the pick. I agree with what you're saying – but everything you hear out of Houston is that they're not sold on C.J. Stroud, and they're not, they're not a believer. So at that point, then what do you do? And that's where, that's where the, the Texans are in conflict. Uh, and they also have a coach who's more of a defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's where I think mind. they would go if they don't do that. I just, uh, it's, just, it's just more Texans misery, but, so we won't dwell on it. We did mention that the Cowboys, according to USA Today, are potentially uh, involved with a conversation with the Tennessee Titans about Derrick Henry. Now this would be... I mean, talk about hey now. I mean, uh, the, the Cowboys and, and Jerry Jones, who have been re- reticent to get involved in the free agent market in past off seasons and re- really making trades of any kind of significance, 
this is this is the best Cowboys offseason they've had uh, in quite a while, in my opinion. Uh, they've had good drafts, right? They've had really good drafts that have built you know the the, the foundation of this roster, um, but they haven't accentuated it through free agency or trades because they've gone into the philosophy of develop from within. But this year and this offseason, you know, if they if they add another good draft to what they've done in acquiring Stephon Gilmore and mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Cooks and re-signing their key guys. And if they were able to swing a draft night deal for Derrick Henry, I mean, I know all Cowboys fans want to get Bijan, but again, he may not be there at 26, and he likely won't be there at 26. You could take matters in your own hands and give up a, a day three pick or, or something like that or even a third-round pick and get Derrick Henry at 29 years old who trains in Dallas, who... Uh, is going into the final year of his big deal with Tennessee, but Tennessee's ready to rebuild. How about that one-two combo with Tony Pollard and Derrick Henry? Come on now. Man. That's making a move right there now. That's that's getting something done, e, I believe. If you can get that, if you can swing that deal. That would be significant. Significant. Because we know the coach wants to run the ball. Wants to you know, and look, Mike McCarthy's on record with this pretty consistently. The strength of the team is the defense. And they've improved the defense this offseason, re-signing the key guys. They've also added Stephon Gilmore opposite Travon Diggs. They've re-signed Donovan Wilson. They re-signed Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, they've brought back key guys, and you know the safeties are, are back. Uh, they didn't lose any any of the key ones. Of course, Micah Parsons a year better and ready to crank this thing up. Uh, they want to protect that defense. You know, it, it wasn't lost on anybody that watched it when Cooper Rush came in last year and they played a real conservative brand of football. They went four and one. Mm-hmm. They went four and one, and uh, the defense won them football games and field position, kind of old school football. And then when D- Dak Prescott came back, they opened up the offense again. And what happened? He led the NFL in interceptions. And what? Do you know why uh, Buddy Ryan slugged Kevin Gilbride back in 1993? Because they had just turned the ball over. They were beating the Jets 14 to nothing. Yeah. And Buddy's like, "What the hell are we doing? Why are we turning the football? Why over? Are you so, dropping back? Hey, Gilbride." Just hand the ball off and punt. We got you. We're winning. And uh, Gilbride didn't like the comment he made, and he came over and smacked him. Well, that's that's what Mike McCarthy is saying. Why were we throwing interceptions? We've got this defense that can win us football games and keep us, you know, give us a chance every week. We just have to not turn it over. Quit that, messing around with fantasy football and win the game. Yeah, and and you know Jerry, I mean, he took criticism for it, but Mike McCarthy had the quote at the combine that you know our offense coordinator liked to light up the scoreboard. I like to run the ball and protect our defense, and that's. You know, you know who would help you do that, Derrick Henry. I still think so. In this time of his career, yeah, for sure. And I, uh, he's only twenty nine. Just turned twenty nine in January, so he wouldn't be thirty until the end of next season. And I watched him quite a bit last year. He had a little bit of an injury issue early, but man, when he was healthy last year at Tennessee, he's he still is, good. He is still a beast. Um, and really, talk about protecting a defense and. You know, getting in the fourth quarter and wearing a team down. I mean, you got Pollard as kind of the, you know, the the X factor back, and then you'd have Derrick Henry to finish games, which is what you wanted from Zeke. But Zeke doesn't have anything left, right? No. He, he was he didn't bring that. Uh, I think Derrick Henry could. He still has enough burst, Derrick Henry. Or you don't do that, and you draft Roshan Johnson. You know what I'm saying? In the third, fourth round. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's fine with me too. Yeah, I think most people. And we talked to Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus on Monday, and he thinks Roshan will go in the top hundred picks, which is first three rounds. Uh, that Roshan would be gone. So the Cowboys would have to take him with their third-round pick, most likely to get him, unless they trade back in uh, to find him. But we'll, we'll see. Pretty pretty clear that if USA Today is accurate, and there have been some other reports linking the Cowboys to Derrick Henry, that they are looking for a running back, uh, that they don't want to just go into the season with 
um, you know, Tony Pollard, and then then Malik. what we'll see is the Philadelphia Eagles pick Bijan Robinson number ten for the Texans at twelve. And somebody said take both Bijan and Henry. Well, you know, they, I think if they trade for Derrick Henry, they would use that pick uh, twenty six on an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. I do too. A tight end or a defensive lineman would be the most likely scenarios at that spot. Some of those tight ends got to go in the second round, don't they? It's most the, of them. Well, we're seeing you know three or four, at least three, mocked in the first round in most drafts right now. Uh, this is the best tight end class in half a decade when you've got Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. next year. And, you know, Michael Mayer is a really good player. I mean, he's just I, – I, I keep hearing Cowboy fans kind of poo-pooing the idea of a tight no, end. No, he's all-around tight end. Well, I just think tight ends are becoming an important position. As running back gets devalued and you're passing more – you know, tight ends become more and more of a matchup problem if you have a really good one. And, you know, one that, you know. If you have one that can, can actually run routes out of the tight end position and block. Yeah. That's that's the Rob Gronkowski in his prime. That's the mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey. That's the Dallas Goddard. That's Those guys Absolutely. are, you know, Anton- these are huge weapons in your offense. Doesn't um, matter. The Texans can wait till next year. JT Daniels, he'll be available. Oh right? Doesn't he have to graduate sometime? I think he's already graduated. <laughs> JT <laughs> Daniels will be the starting quarterback for the Rice Owls this year. Yeah, uh, I Rice mean, he'll Owls. be available next year. This says, E, stats for running backs who are 30 are bad. Look them up. Trading for Henry would be another bad trade in the long run. Uh, long being in one year, two running backs can't get the job done. Well, look, here's what I'll say about Derrick Henry. He's 29. He looked fresh last year. And you're you're not. It's not an extended deal. That's a one-year thing you're doing with Derrick Henry. You're trying to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You're trying to get rid of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And you're not bringing him in to be your feature running back. You're bringing him in to be the second running back. You know that that is a luxury. It's kind of like I know this: if they got if they got to the playoffs and they got deep into the playoffs with Derrick Henry, he'd be back the following year. I mean, you're I don't know what he's going to ask for, but if you can get to the Super Bowl with that guy with those two running backs and a great defense, yes. And Dan Dan Quinn in his third year oh. running that defense and uh, the team getting more and more comfortable with, with what he wants to do. Uh, the addition of Stephon Gilmore. I mean, look, you have to, you got to get, you got to get to the Super Bowl with the Cowboys because you're about to pay Micah Parsons like the well, whole. Right. And that's what you like about these moves they've made, though. The, you know, acquiring Stephon Gilmore, acquiring Brandon Cooks, if you went after Derrick Henry, those are short term things. Yeah. You know, those, those come off the books pretty quick, which, yes, your, your, your next phase is you have to re sign Micah Parsons to a mega contract. Uh, probably be the largest contract ever for a defensive player when he gets it. Yep. Uh, you got to sign, resign Trevon Diggs. You got to resign St- Ceedee Lamb to his next deal. So yeah, those three big ticket items are coming your way. Next year's huge. So yes, this year's huge, and that's that's yeah, why I like what they're huge, doing right. to really go after it. You also have to add that the the NFC outside of Philadelphia is completely wide open. I mean, we're talking about Detroit maybe winning the NFC North. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's going to win the NFC South? New Orleans with. Uh, you know, Derek Carr now, I, I guess. Who's going to you know, out the west? The Falcons. I mean, out west, you know that the 49ers are still really good. But they who's going to be their quarterback becomes a big question. Uh, the Rams are seem to be a mess. The Seahawks overachieved last year. Can they do that again? And the Cardinals are heading for the lottery, man. They're headed for the top pick uh, with a new head coach and a new general manager. So, I mean, your own division probably be, is your biggest challenge next year with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, of course, and the Washington Commanders that will be under new ownership. And then the uh, the New York Football Giants. So, uh, you know, I, I I give. Well, when you say the Cardinals are headed for the lottery, are they? I mean, they're going to be so bad that well, Caleb Williams will be a guy. I think if he, you look at their roster, they have the least, they have the least talent in the league right now. 
And with their quarterback issues, I mean, if he's not going to be practicing and not going to be in tune to this, if if the USC kid is available, are you stuck with Kyler Murray? I mean, I know you've paid. Are you stuck oh, with him? Next year with Caleb Williams? I mean, if he's there, E, and you're that bad, well, and Kyler Murray doesn't, it, you know, you still get the same old Kyler Murray. Do you have to part ways with your – you just – we made a mistake. We made a mistake. Well, look, I mean, the previous – regime hired Cliff Kingsbury specifically to draft Kyler Murray because they had the number one pick and they knew of the relationship between the two and that was supposed to be the marriage. Cliff Cliff Kingsbury's gone. He's working with Lincoln Riley now, uh, the new general manager. So yes, I think if the Cardinals are terrible this year with Mm -hmm. most expect, because they are going to, you know, it's going to be a a mess without Kyler Murray for most of the year because he's injured. Uh, Is Colt McCoy going to be your quarterback? These are all questions. They could be at the bottom, and uh, if you're at the bottom, you're going to have an opportunity to draft a Caleb Williams or a Drake May next year. The new the new regime would likely do that, wouldn't they? Look to move on, but they just gave Kyler the huge I, but, what you, but you got to say, just gave we, the huge we, dollars. Hey, listen, we made a mistake. I know NFL teams don't like to do that. They, they'll 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 well, go ahead and, and just be losers well, the, the, for five years. The, well, the the new general manager doesn't mind saying we made a mistake. Well, that wasn't my pick. I didn't pick the mid. But I can change our fortunes with this dude right here. And by the way, speaking of Caleb Williams, while we're on the football conversation, we'll pick up the hoops coming up. We'll answer the question, what do you do with Zion Williamson in New New Orleans who wouldn't even play last night? A healthy scratch is what he was listed as, which is... And dunking the ball in warm-ups with a bad Um, hammy. So, But on Cliff Kingsbury... This is a pretty good get, and I know people will will snicker at Lincoln Riley that he's got to get the defense fixed, and he does, right? Lincoln Riley's problem at Oklahoma was it was all offense and, and over right. as, as Bob Stoops. They got further and further away from Bob Stoops. It was all offense and no defense. They're having the same conversation, by the way, at, in Columbus about Ryan Day and Ohio State that, you know, as they get further away from Urban Meyer, it's becoming all offense and no defense. But at USC last year, it was all offense and no defense. But uh, adding Cliff Kingsbury to coach quarterbacks, Buck, that is – that's quite the get because it is. He's not a head coach. I think that's been proven at Texas Tech and in the NFL. But man, he can coach some quarterbacks. I mean, if you go back to even when he was with with uh, Kevin Sumlin at the University of Houston, he was uh, you know it was Case Keenum putting up the historic numbers when he was there. Then he went to Texas A and M, and Johnny Manziel won a Heisman Trophy. Um, you know, then he goes to, to Texas Tech as the coach. And He'll make sudden, a good position coach. Well, at Texas Tech, he had he developed the likes of Davis Webb, and you know Baker Mayfield flourished under his system while he was there, and then of course Patrick Mahomes. And when they didn't win enough games because he didn't recruit defense, and it was all offense, no defense. But coaching your quarterbacks specifically, and you have Lincoln Riley designing the playbook, Caleb Williams, he should have a huge year, huge year at USC. But let's not forget USC lost to Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Too late. No. That really they, happened. It's one of the greatest fourth quarter collapse choke jobs we've seen in a long, long time. That loss to Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. USC fans are still oh. stinging from that. And it's because they couldn't stop anybody. But at least they have Cliff now. Wow. Do you know Cliff and uh, and Lincoln Riley were teammates at Texas Tech way back? Teammates. Cliff's not a young, young guy. Well, they're both in, like right at 40 yeah. years old. But they were teammates at Texas Tech. Uh, and people don't know this, but uh, out of Mule Shoe, Texas, um, uh, he was a, a walk-on quarterback. At uh, I don't know, if, Texas Tech fans will tell me if if if, uh, if if Lincoln Riley was a walk-on or they recruited him, but he was a backup to Cliff Kingsbury. I said he was. I didn't never see him. He never started. 
Yeah, well, because because remember, Cliff Kingsbury was a hell of a quarterback. Oh yeah. Oh man, he was a record-setting quarterback at Texas Tech in the air raid system. Uh, he was unbelievable. But yeah, they're back together, and they were teammates with the Red Raiders, both West Texas kids. Eric, well, Cliff's a New Braunfels kid, of course. Cliff will be back in college football after. You think so? Yeah. It feels like he wants. I mean, he's back in college football now. I mean, back, I mean, as a head coach, yeah, probably, or as an offensive coordinator, he may have to work his way back to head coach. Really. Well, look, he's he's the Houston Texans talked to Cliff about their offensive coordinator job, but that went to Bobby Slowick from San Francisco. Uh, Cliff's he's an he's doing the advisor thing. He's got a bunch You're of making money. his twenty five G's. The Cardinals, G's? the Cardinals are still paying him a bunch of guaranteed money, so he's just living the dream and making thirty grand. That's just stayed in Bangkok. By the way, it's kind of a Kevin Durant move, is it not? To where do I want to be a quarterback? Let me go where Caleb Williams is. He's well, the best damn yeah. quarterback in the country. Uh, does he get credit for that? If Caleb Williams, it's like when Kevin Durant went and joined the Golden State Warriors, did he get credit for that? They were already no, really good. Riley's going to get all the credit for all of it. Eh, Cliff's just hanging. He like West Coast, you know, doing his thing. All right, we'll take your thoughts. Buck ons and buck offs this morning. Is that a buck on or a buck off for the? Because no, the deal is what he's Cliff is waiting to do is take over at USC because Lincoln eventually is going to be in the NFL. Eventually, I don't think so. Eventually, think he's he... going to go. You know what? Yeah, this seems to be the job for me. Well, he's already turned Maybe down the, the NFL Patriots. multiple times. Ooh, that's a bold one. Maybe with the Patriots. You're, when Robert Kraft you? looks at Bill Belichick and said, you know what, I'm kind of tired of this. I know you've got a bunch of rings, but dude, come on. Bill Belichick is under 500 without Tom Brady since he's left. He's 25 and 26 as a coach since Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. Lincoln Riley will not turn down the New England Patriots. If Let's Robert not forget, Kraft... Lincoln Riley is not yet 40 years old. Okay, So he's still got a lot of football coaching to do. <laughs> Our man Jack in there can't believe that because he's been coaching so long. Yeah, he's only 39 years old, Lincoln Riley. So, yes, he could coach five more years at USC and still go to the NFL when he's 45 years old. Man. And would still be one of the younger coaches in the National Football League. Um, now he's got Cliff. His, yeah, and somebody said that uh, he was a walk-on at Texas Tech. Okay. Lincoln Riley, behind the record-setting Cliff Kingsbury. We'll come back. When we do, we will uh, pick up the hoops conversation. Play-in games were last night. There's two more tonight. Get some picks on that from Happy Jack. Also, what do you do with Zion Williamson in, in New Orleans if you are the franchise owner? It seems like Trade a bit time. of a mess. May have to. Seems like a bust at this point. We'll pick it up on the other side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be any on the horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Buck off Thursday on B and E. They're underway at Harbor Town, RBC Heritage, and this is a premier event on the PGA Tour. So a star-studded field. Uh, Joel Damon, Scott Stallings, Brian Harmon, Xander Shoffle are all four under early as they make the turn headed uh, to the back nine. So uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick and a group at three under. Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, John Rahm all tee off this afternoon. So you can watch that on Golf Channel. Victor Hovland. Victor. He's just happy not to be playing with <laughs> slow-ass Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> Buck off to that guy. I mean, who does? Who plays five-hour rounds? Wow. Come on, dude. Speed it up. 
Plus, he's wearing, you know, Patrick Cantlay wears the worst pants on the PGA Tour. His, his wardrobe, his pants are lame. He wears, like, old man pants. He's not even that old. He's got, like, the pleated, you're talking last, a couple hours ago with Omar Uresti about the legends of golf. Patrick Cantlay's He's dressing like a legend already? Yeah, he's, he's driving like he's 70 years old. Wearing those pleated pants and playing slow. Come on, man. But uh, No slow play. No slow play. Yeah, so, yeah, this afternoon, if you're looking for a good good layup nap, you could watch baseball. I think if you can find the game, the Red Sox are playing the Rays, and the Rays are looking Ooh, to yeah. win their 13th in a row. Uh, that would tie the all-time record. Obviously, two more wins, and they'd have a record the record alone. Because oh, uh, they're playing the Sox. Absolutely. That game will go today at noon, um, which will be fun. Uh, and then I, I'm trying to think, if the Rays don't get it today, if they win today, they would play tomorrow night, and they open a series in Toronto, in Toronto against the Blue Jays. So we're, we're, we're on the record watch for uh, the Tampa Rays, who are 12-0, and and they've outscored their opponents by 65. This says, who plays five-hour rounds? Anyone who plays a course in Austin on a weekend. Well, that's true because you're playing with four or five people. Patrick Cantlay's playing with one other guy. I know. That shouldn't take five hours, Mr. Cantlay. Mr. Plum Bob. Get your – and then, you know. By the way, uh, Omar Uresti was, was very uh, diplomatic about it. Brooks Kepka should have taken a two-stroke penalty. That's a buck off for the week. If you saw the video, and by rule, by rule – By rule, that when, is a rule. When Brooks Kepka was shown the video – after the round, by the Masters officials, he should have he should have taken a two-stroke penalty on himself. That's the right thing to do. It was clear that his his caddy told the other caddy they were walking right past each other, like they were within a foot or two of each other. And he said five. Well, you know what? Right after his guy I'm using hit that it. rule with the Texas cheaters from now on. Well, don't you're no, I'm not going to tell him. Don't ask him what he's hitting. Just go up and hit your that club. That is a rule. Well, no, it, it wouldn't be a rule within your group. Because re- you're all playing together. The, the reason it's a rule is you're trying to protect the rest of the field. He gained an advantage because he got to – because, look, uh, Gary Woodland was who he was playing with, and, he, and Brooks Kepka hit a beautiful five iron on a par five to within you know ten, six feet. Yep. And so that's an advantage to Gary Woodland to, be, to know what club he hit. No one else on the course knows that. No one else has given that information. They've got to figure it out themselves. That is the point of protecting the field and the point of why Brooks Kepka should have taken a two-stroke penalty, but he did not. And fortunately, that would have been a big story if he had won the tournament by a stroke. If he had won it or been in the mix at the end, that would have been a problem. Uh, instead, it was just became a non-factor because he was four strokes back and John Rahm won. I think I'm, I'm, I'm looking more so at par threes when the guys get up to the tee box and they hit. Oh. I mean, a golfer looks down at a guy's club and goes, I know exactly what that is. Well, Sure. You can again. It's against the rules. There's gray area there, but in a gentleman's game where you you are all agree to protect the field, if the visual evidence is no doubt about it, mm-hmm. he, he has to take the two stroke penalty. Yes, if you glance and, and caddies would tell you, yeah, we glance in the bag, we see what they pulled out. You know, we're, we're paying attention. Yeah, but again, when it's that when it's that obvious, he should have taken the two stroke penalty. Uh, Buck, when it's that obvious that. Uh, your guy Zion Williamson is a bust at this point, and they play a game last night in New Orleans against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Where it's a must-win game. You got to win the game to play another game, or your season's over. And he was listed by the coach as a healthy scratch. Like could have played, but decided not to. No, oh, dude. The first time I saw him dunk in warmups, when he just was right underneath the basket and jumped straight up and dunked the ball twice, I would have said, "Oh, he must be playing tonight." 
Nope. <laughs> and they lost the game to Oklahoma City. And let me give a buck on to Oklahoma City. Uh, happy Jack Farrell, our producer this morning, with Ty making a quick road trip up to Dallas and back. He'll be back tomorrow. Jack, you're a big basketball guy. You told me who the coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder was. Mark Dignalt. Mark Dignalt. We all knew that, right? Nope. We all knew that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. nope we he's, didn't. He, but he's done a hell of a job this year, and that team's done a hell of a job because they were when you when you started picking teams to start the year that would be, you know, vying for that top overall draft pick and the worst record in the league. Oklahoma City was one of the teams you might have mentioned because remember they they drafted Chet Holmgren and he got hurt, hadn't played a minute. Uh, but man, they they're going to make have a chance to make the playoffs here, uh, which is pretty awesome. But uh, the Zion deal, what do you do with Zion, Happy Jack? I mean, is he be salvageable at this point with such promise to start his career, but now looks overweight, looks out of shape, and now he's a healthy scratch in, a, in an all-in winner winner go home game. Yeah, I hate to see it when Zion plays. It's it's just been electric. He's when when he was playing this year, the Pelicans were the one seed for a time in the West back in December. But I mean, at this point, I hate to for injuries to call somebody a bust. But when you play twenty five percent of your games and you're uh, not a hundred percent for the play-in game that you need to win to continue your season. And we know, and we understand that Jack that he didn't play the year before. He broke. He had a broken foot. I got that part. But well, I mean, you can't hit every restaurant, you know, in Shreveport or wherever <laughs> the hell he's hanging out. And then you don't have to go very far on Bourbon Street to find a good restaurant. I can tell you, you know that. What I'm saying. I mean, that dude. He looks overweight. And then he played twenty five games, twenty nine games now. Not body shaming the guy, but he looks like he's not oh. in the best physical shape. And that's, look, what what else can you expect from a teammate or a player that's making a lot of money is be in shape, dude. Because he said, well, uh, Zion's not going to play basketball until I'm yeah, ready to play Zion's basketball. Zion's ready. Right, he goes third person on it. Well, the question becomes, are you doing everything you can do to, to play basketball? Are you in sh- Are you in the, your best shape? Could you be 20 pounds lighter and be better on your, your, your you know, more more able to be healthier for your team? Uh, these are questions they have to ask, but there's also people that think he's just going operation shutdown because he wants traded out of New Orleans. And if he were playing for the Lakers, well, he'd be trying his tail off and he'd be in better shape. And he'd, um, you know, he's doing the whole entitled athlete thing that that the NBA has done. I mean, they've allowed these athletes and their players to become the most in control, right? They get to oh, wag yeah. the dog. Yes. And a guy like Zion, from a very young age, when he was such a high school phenom, and then his one year at Duke, um, you know, it's they're allowed to to be in control, and that's what a lot of people think is that Zion, if he were playing on a different team, would uh, in a bigger market, might be in a little bit better shape. That's the confusing thing, though, is that New Orleans is an awesome situation right now. They yeah. are basically a Zion away from really contending for a title. I mean, Brandon Ingram has taken that leap. Mm-hmm. He's showing that he could be that Kevin Durant type player that he was thought to be coming out of Duke. So it's really baffling. I mean, I can't. I haven't met many people that are just like, I hate living or I hate being in New Orleans. I, it doesn't make sense unless he really just hates that front office. Right. And it, maybe if it's about market size, he, he's not you know in New York or L.A. or Chicago. But at the same time, I mean, Happy Jack's exactly right. That's a really good roster. And, you know, again, because they're entitled athletes now, you have to do – you got to tread lightly. If you're the you – know, you can't make them mad. That dude likes to eat. <laughs> He seriously, that dude likes to eat. He that's a bad town for him. It says Zion. You mean chubby Greg Oden? <laughs> I mean, he, that dude likes to eat. He's but, a big dude. Well, look, as a fan of sports, I, I just he was so fun to watch, and he is so fun to watch. He's such a powerhouse. It's in the, the side. The well, you should have watched him dunk in the warmups. He 
and then not play. And then not play because he's got a ham. Because he got a hammy. Frustrating. Uh, who wins tonight? There, uh, Happy Jack. In these games, you got two more. The last two playoff spots will be solidified tonight. Heat uh, will host the Bulls with Billy Donovan and company. The Thunder will host. Will be at the Timberwolves. Who you got? My gut says. Um... That the Timberwolves are probably going to take care of business there. I think OKC is probably a year away, a year or two away. And for the East, I would take Miami over Chicago. I don't, I don't know if y'all watched that Toronto Chicago game. All of it. Those neither of those teams are very good, and I just don't, I don't know. But also Zach Levine is really good, and Demar Derozan is really, really good. So those guys, those guys could just get hot. But I mean, I think Miami is just a better team. And yeah. Miami won like eight straight before that happened the other night. Yeah, they've been playing good, and then they lost to uh, Atlanta on home floor the other night in the first of the play-in games. Oh, no, it was Atlanta they'd beat eight straight times. Yeah, they'd beaten that team. Uh, well, maybe the Bulls will take their secret, secret weapon, DeMar DeRozan. We've talked about it earlier, but his nine-year-old daughter was sitting behind the basket last night and would scream every time Toronto would shoot a foul shot. Like, literally, like as the ball was being released, she would let out this You think she messed with them, really? Oh, well, they went 18 for 36 from the foul line. I don't yes, know if it, it impacted them. them. Come on. You know they wanted to go over and say, "Hey, little kid, get the hey, get this kid out of here." Well, because remember, this was in Toronto, so the home crowd's not making a lot of noise while you're shooting free throws, right? That would be the road. You'd be on the road to be heckling you while you're. So you're in a home. You're in the home court, and they've seen that little girl since she was a little girl. Yeah, that's where Demar Derozan played before. He went to San Antonio, now to Chicago. Well, she would scream, and it's pretty quiet. Like boom, boom, bounce oh, yeah. the ball. Rah! She <laughs> screams, and like every time, and they missed half their free throws. And DeMar DeRozan said after the game, yeah, I heard somebody screaming. It wasn't so, until late in the game I realized, hey, that's my daughter. Uh, maybe they need to, well, it won't work as good. Maybe it will in Miami. They'll be quiet while you're shooting, home team shooting. Yeah. And now with uh, Toronto, there's some rumblings that their coach may be departing. Either maybe he gets fired, but he also uh, just might take interest in that Houston job that's open. Nick there's Nurse. some, some Nick news Nurse. about that. Mm. I wouldn't mind seeing that because Houston fired Steven Silas, and they, they're looking to uh, – uh, upgrade that team. Houston and the Spurs are, you know, along with Detroit, hoping to get that number one pick because that's, you know, people look at the, the big Frenchman, um, Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, as, I mean, maybe the biggest game changing draft pick since LeBron James. And, you know, people compared Zion Williamson to that, that he was a franchise altering draft pick, and he's not, as we just talked about, not turning out to be one. But Victor Wembanyama is a seven foot five skilled big. Who can shoot like Kevin Durant, but he's seven five, so the people think he can play defense and you know be a be a Giannis and Tentacumpo down on the post. Uh, that is franchise altering, and right now the three teams with the best odds to get that pick would be Houston, San Antonio, and Detroit. And so yeah, maybe Nick Nurse waits until the ping pong ball. There you go. You know what I'm saying? When do they do that draft lottery there? That that comes up in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I think I think Zion's eating the worm from the bottle and everything too. I mean, really. That's frustrating. I mean, that guy came out of, you know, when he came out of college, I thought that's, he was a star. It says y'all's argument of food choice options in New Orleans for Zion is BS. Drew Brees lived and played there in New Orleans. <laughs> played Well, a player with discipline can live in a city like New Orleans and not sure. eat all the damn food all the time. An immature player without discipline is going to have a hard time. Yeah, Anthony Zion Davis never good. looked out of shape. Yeah, who's that? Anthony Davis never looked out of shape there. He did also quit on the New Orleans Pelicans, but he was in shape while he was doing it. That's right. You got to be disciplined. Zion used to head to wear a Golden State. 
Like yeah, by the way, food or something. Black bean burgers. Yes, it's also bean burgers. It's fair to say you can overeat in any city, right? Yes. Every city in America that has an NBA team, you could eat too much. That's a fair point. Uh, but you know, New Orleans is particularly fatty and really good <laughs> and hard to <laughs> really <avoid>. good <laughs> and really excellent. All right, we'll come back. We'll uh, re- reset our top stories, getting final buck ons and buck offs. Get you set up for light the tower. That's coming next year on Beanie. Bucky and I tell you that my buck on of the day goes to uh, Demar Derozan's daughter. Do we ever learn her name? That, that video of her screaming is the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. She is so cute. That is hilarious. And did it have an impact? You know, they missed eighteen free throws. It bothered somebody. <laughs> so funny to watch her. She's so, bother me if I was sitting next to she's her. She's right on time with it too. She waits and waits and waits, and then she's like the. Thing of the person that jumps out and scares you, right? Oh, just before the, it's nice and quiet in the building. Yeah, because it's the home team shooting the foul shots. All right, so that was the NBA. There's two more games tonight, and then the playoffs will begin this weekend. I did see this this morning. You know, we're we're waiting on this Aaron Rodgers trade to be consummated. It's just a matter of compensation at this point. Uh, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports uh, said recently that uh, the problem is, and we've talked about this exact conversation, that the problem is the Packers want a second-round pick this year, one of the Jets' two second-round picks. Because remember, they traded for uh, uh, traded Elijah Moore to the Browns to acquire a second second-round pick, which they're now back to back in the second round. The uh, Packers want one of those, and they want a first-round pick in 2024, which is what we said is probably the the case. Jets at this point unwilling to give up that first next year. I think in the end, the Jets will just do it. Yeah, they got to have a quarterback. They got to have a quarterback. Both teams, you know, both teams are going to argue that they're playing chicken on this and they're negotiating, but they're also playing chicken with themselves because the Packers don't want Aaron Rodgers around. No, and the Jets need Aaron Rodgers to be there to, to start mini camps. Well, the Packers don't want him hanging out at all. Well, that's that's the latest, and that makes sense. But if you're the if you're the Jets, why wouldn't you give up next year's number one for Aaron Rodgers? You're if things go your way, you're going to be way down the draft next year. That seems like, a, especially based on what other quarterbacks of that caliber have gotten in compensation. Think about Russell Wilson's deal and Matt Stafford. And They're so horrified that that guy's going to play one year and then get are. into his drama, right? Well, He's going to get into his drama. Well, so I'm, you can, I'm assuming that's what the Packers are saying. What's it worth to you? What's your other option? Zach Wilson again? Yeah, I mean, you, you know when you take him on, he, you're going to get drama at the end of the season no matter what. He's maybe, done it forever. Maybe he's just a New York state of mind guy. Maybe he just likes New York. There you go. Hey, uh, hey, everybody have a wonderful Thursday. Coming next, it's Light the Tower. You'll hear from Gene Watson talking some baseball. Also, Steve Sarkeesian. They're going to replay that interview if you missed it yesterday. Uh, if you missed any of our interviews today, David Pierce, Jerry Hamilton, uh, Omar Uresti, go hear him on the podcast. Buck, have a good day. You too, bud. Thank you, Jack.